Today I spoke with Zuby, a man who has grown over the last few years, exploded on Twitter. He's a rapper, an entrepreneur, a podcaster, and does talks and really has a very insightful way of thinking about the world around him. I really enjoyed talking to him. And if nothing else, jump to the end and listen to his answer to my favourite question. Good afternoon. How you doing? Life is good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for coming on. I do appreciate it. That's all good. How is um how is the states treating you at the moment? The states is treating me beautifully as it always does. Um, got a lot of love here. Lots of friends. Got some family. A lot of fans and supporters. Lots of opportunities. So I love it here, man. It's one of my favorite countries in the world. Because you're doing a, you're touring there quite a bit at the moment, aren't you? Yeah. So my biggest audience is actually in the USA these days across all the different things I do from my music to my podcast to my books, merchandise, public speaking, everything. So um, I actually got a US visa issued last year. Um, I got a got a trader visa. So I've now uh, got the opportunity to tour here and to now do live performances and stuff like that. So I've got a bunch of uh, speaking events coming up, lots of different events, and also just been uh, enjoying being able to not be on the usual time limit, the sort of 90-day time limit situation. So things are good, man. Is that, good. is that the B1, B2 visa? I've actually got an E1. E one, okay. I've not, I've not, I've not seen those before. Yeah. So, so who have you got um, the talks coming up with then? I'm speaking at two different Bitcoin conferences that are coming up in Miami. I'm speaking in Tampa, Florida. I've got something at Texas A and M University. They've invited me to speak, and Oklahoma University have also invited me to speak there. So those are the ones I've got coming up immediately. And then um, over the next few months, I've got more coming up as well. Cool. So, I mean, I originally was trying to talk to you a while ago um, for a few reasons. One of them being that I actually bought strong advice. And um, and, uh, there are things about that I wanted to talk about. Um, But one of the things that I was fascinated about is how well you pivot through things that happen. And... An example of that, like recently, is you changed vaccination to jaccination, which I just thought, <laughs> which I thought was that was a good pivot, <laughs> fully jaccinated. So that we'll check out that merch on zuby.com. Um, and the other one is when you got kicked off Twitter for OK, dude, because you came back oh, with yeah. all the merchandise. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. How, how do you like? What's the process that helps you do that? I'm smart. Yeah, well, I I, I rolled rolled straight into that one, really. Um, Honestly, man, um, you know, I don't know. What's that? What's that phrase people say? You know, energy cannot be created nor destroyed, right? It's a concept in physics. And I think it goes beyond what we typically think of as energy. I think it goes for emotion and attention and you can convert and divert that in different ways i mean if you look at 
corporate or mainstream media. They are masters oh. of this, right? They are oh, masters of taking right taking people's fear anxiety attention outrage whatever it is and redirecting it at different targets or onto different issues they do this all the time you could say that the um you could say that the sort of tension and anxiety and fear in the world you could you could argue that it's always been there right it hasn't yeah. been created or destroyed it's just been put towards different things at different times you know this what time it's pitting the people against each other on this this time it's going towards some type of war effort this time we're redirecting it towards a towards a virus and a pandemic effort and then we're going to change it and we're going to flip it to this so i think i do something similar i guess it's kind of like this judo where like negative if negative energy come to, comes towards me i as a creative individual and as an entrepreneur can convert that energy into something positive. I can convert that energy into financial gain. I can convert it into more followers or a deeper loyalty with the followers I already have. So that's what I did because you can respond to anything in different ways, right? So the OK Dude is a perfect example because I got my account. Uh, I was temporarily locked out of my account under you know for for no reason <laughs> it, uh, it wasn't any reason what, what what they called hateful conduct right and yeah. you see you know and you can i could have been very angry at twitter and ranted and raved right that's how i could have got that energy out there i could have just done all that but i said you know what there is some humor in this it's absurd it's annoying it's frustrating but there's also it's so absurd that there's humor there right there's there's humor so rather than just getting angry and responding in an angry unproductive way how can i flip this how can i use this to my advantage and so that's how i came up with the okay dude t-shirts which led to the hats and the song and the music video and everything it's actually one of my most popular songs now yeah it um, is yeah <laughs> yeah and and i i think i do that i think i do that a lot um i think i did the same thing back in 2019 with that whole deadlift video right absolutely again, yeah at this time we're living in right now funnily enough 3 years later people again are there's a lot of attention and anger and outrage and about this situation of males competing in female sports right um it's been highlighted especially because of this this swimmer in the USA and again most people are venting anger and outrage and so on i mean i saw this all several years ago and i thought okay i could get mad at this i could uh, ex- give a, a, a an explanation of all the biology and rant about how it's unfair to women and this and that actually why don't i just take this and convert it into something humorous and by doing so i made a much bigger and stronger point actually than <laughs> most people did with words cuz i just said okay let's take that logic and let's run with it okay if you're saying a woman is anyone who identifies as a woman okay i myself zuby i now identify as a woman i'm going to the gym and boom i'm going to break i'm going to break the record and um people saw that and it resonated with millions of people did, all around yeah. the world a huge number of people discovered me off of that and then again from that attention i was then able to take that attention and put it towards other things that i do and that i've built and i've created 
which I actually want more attention to be on, right? It's, it's cool and it's funny that people identify me as, a, you know, the British women's deadlift record holder. That's a, <laughs> that's a joke that's going to be going on, I guess, for the rest of my life. And I've You'll dine that. on it. You'll dine out on that. Yeah, I've, I've, I've accepted that one. But also, you know, I, I make music. I do podcasts. I do public speaking. I'm into fitness. I've got a lot of other things that I can offer the world. And so when people discovered me through that, again, I was able to um, use that momentum for other things because it is because for people that aren't aware there was the uh the the women's world um world record for deadlifting but the okay dude was you actually got kicked off twitter for replying to somebody okay dude mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. knowing what preference or how they wanted to be identified but then twitter also became the biggest platform for promoting the merchandise for okay dude yes <laughs> and it's just like the, the flip of 180 will kick you off for saying that oh by the way now we're going to share that with hundreds of millions. Of people. <laughs> you know it literally say, trended when, when, on Twitter. When, <laughs> when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Um, yeah, you know, I think a lot of times in life, you know, you can look. I, 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 I get angry. I get angry at things. I feel outraged at things. I get, I get upset like everyone else. You know, I'm a, I'm not the the most emotional person out there, but I'm still a human being. But I always think of okay, what's uh in any given situation, any challenge, there's always a seed of opportunity as well. There's always a way to use a situation. No, I mean, let me not say always. There's usually a way to use a situation to your advantage. Or if not, there's always a way to reframe it in a way that is at least more positive and, and optimistic. Um, and, and, you know, I think this is one reason why we all, we all in a way live in our own individual realities because we all frame the world and the things we see and the things we hear and the things we experience. We all, we all frame them in different ways. You can have two individuals who have gone through a, an identical experience, even not even just a similar one that you could have two people who literally went through the exact same thing and one person uses it to, become stronger and more inspiring and to learn lessons and maybe to help other people. And the other person uses it to um, become a permanent victim or to give themselves a permanent alibi for not being happy or not being successful. And they just stay in this malaise and this negative state for years or even decades or an entire lifetime because of a particular thing that they experienced. And so I think it's really important for people to learn how to, I think reframing is a very important mindset technique because life is rough. Life is hard. There's ups and downs. Even if you are a fortunate person, you're going to have, you're going to have tragedy Um, on a basic level. Every single person on this world, in this world is going to die. Mm -hmm. Everyone we love is going to die. We are going to die. Our family members are all going to die. Our friends are all going to die. That's, um, that's a good reason. Maybe that's a good reason for people to feel be, be sad and depressed, right? Like that's a, that, that's a very awful realization, but also that's also a really good reason why you should live your life to the max. That's a great reason why you should treat people well. That's a great reason why you should tell people you love them. If you love them, that's a great reason why you should not hold grudges against people and hold unnecessary anger and vengeance in, in your heart. Um, so depending on how you flip that same 
fact. It is just a fact. Um, but, but depending on the way you look at it, that can be something that really motivates you and makes you positive and makes you treat people better. Or it could be something that puts you in this sad and sorry state of, you know, depression and just feeling this constant, uh, constant sadness. So how, how do you manage to do that then when you're hurting? Because often, and you know, we can go from personal experience, but mm. when, whether it be in a relationship let down by a family member, that f- reframing process that you're talking about, which, you know, is unequivocally true. But, mm. but how do you elevate yourself when you're in that place of, like, let's just say somebody betrays you or something like that? Yes. H- how do you manage it then? It's hard. I mean, it depends on the, I think it it depends on the situation and every situation is different. I think the first thing that's worth saying perhaps is that it's, it's okay to hurt. Yeah, of course. That's, that's normal, right? There's certain circumstances in life which are going to hurt and they're going to hurt sometimes for a long time. And that's totally normal and natural. And, you know, I don't want to say good, but it's just part of being, it's just part of being human. It's a part of life. So that's fine. And I think that you, you go through that process, but I think after it, I think it's important to think about um, perhaps, I don't know what, what lessons were learned from it. I think that's a good thing that you can always, that you can always take, you know, were, were there, was there a, a mistake I made? Was there something I did wrong or whatever? If it's something where it's, it's, it's totally out of your hands. It's also just, you know, thinking about the thinking about the positive rather than the negative so say say for example um you know let, let's let's take the ultimate the saddest thing somebody dies somebody yeah. who you know and love passes away um it, it's happened to all of us certainly above a certain age and if, if, if you're very very young and you haven't experienced it yet then you you certainly will and, and it's gonna hurt um, when it comes and it's going to hurt and it should hurt of course it's supposed to um but you can, you know, you could then forever spend the, the rest of your life just thinking about the loss. But what about thinking about and being happy for the memories and celebrating that person's life um, and being happy that you had this opportunity and you've got, um, you know, the things you learned from this person and the, the times that you had and all of that. And you, and you can be, you can be grateful for that. Of course, it's going to be balanced with a sadness from that no longer, no longer being there. Um, you know, on a, on a less extreme level, you, you could have this with the, you know, a relationship that comes, you know, a relationship that, that comes to an end, you know, yeah. lot, lots of people, you know, billions of people have, have been through this and, um, you know, obviously <laughs> the way, the way it ends might be a factor in how <laughs> yeah. people feel about it. But you can you can be grateful for the opportunity. You can be grateful for the things that you learn. You can be grateful for certain memories. You can be happy for all of that. So sure, you'll you'll mourn um, you'll mourn the, the the loss and the, the the ending of something. But you can also frame it in a way that's like, okay. You know what? Like these are things that I've learned, and I'm going to use this information going you know in the future. Maybe you know if I made a mistake, this is something that. I'm going to change in my own behavior. This is something I'm going to look out for in the future. This is something that um, is going to, you can also look, this is something that's going to make me stronger, right? This is going to, this is going to make me, um, 
a, a stronger individual. And I think every challenge and every difficulty you go through in life, it does, it does make you stronger. It makes you emotionally stronger. It makes you mentally stronger. Um, in some cases, it makes you physically stronger. And I think, um, I think that's a, that's a good way to reframe it and look at it. I think it's also important for people to understand that um, the past is immutable. So no matter what you do, you, we, we can't change the past. We can't change history on a despite how hard personal <laughs> no no and, and we'd love to right even even on a national level even on an international <laughs> level I, i'm sure we, we'd like to go back and uh yeah hit the undo hit the undo button on certain things that um our, our countries or our ancestors or whatever have done right because history is is dark and horrific there's a lot of bad stuff but you can't do that it's physically not possible so it makes a lot more sense to focus on the present and focus on the future because that's what you can actually influence with your own actions. So I think that acceptance is also part of it. It's like, okay, look, this happened. This is the situation. This is what I've learned from it. This is what I've gained from it. This is how I'm thinking about it. But I need to focus on I need to focus on what's next. I need to focus on what I can control. I like that. I do like that. And there's one of the reasons, so going back a while, one of the reasons I was always trying to talk to you to start with was there was a thing about mindset. But also, mm. you're from, you live in Southampton now, don't you? Or did? I, I did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'm just from the other side, the other side of Salisbury. Mm. So we, we're kind of not that far away from each other. But what I have friends, and I don't know how true this is, but they claim that back in the day, you could be found in Southampton selling your CDs. Oh yeah, of course. Right. So that, so th this is the thing that I want, that I'm trying to help people understand w when they, they listen to what you're talking about mindset. So before you were ever famous on Twitter, before you were ever famous elsewhere, you were creating your music, producing your albums, and then physically walking out onto the street in Southampton where you mm -hmm. were at the time. And cause I said, cause friends were like, Oh yeah, well, I know him. I remember, they remember seeing <laughs> you doing this. Yeah. And, and people don't understand it's, it's trying to help people understand what that mindset is and how that develops yeah i mean man it, w it went so far beyond southampton i've been to i've sold my cds in virtually every city and town in the uk it's harder to uh name places i haven't been yeah. than places i have so i mean you know i released my first album way back in 2006 when i was still in university so the first city I started selling my music in was Oxford because that's where I was studying. And then I started making some some day trips to London. And eventually, you know, I've been everywhere from Isle of Wight to Glasgow, Swansea to Norwich and everything in the middle. Um, and man, we were talking about like learning and experiences and things making you stronger and selling over 25,000 albums hand to hand in the UK. Um, I mean, I probably spoke to over a quarter million, uh, not, not probably, I definitely spoke to over yeah. a quarter of a million people. Um, so I've met hundreds of thousands of people in real life. It's not, not, not just Twitter and social media stuff. So, um, that's prepared me a lot for a lot of the stuff that I deal with, but in terms of being able to go out there and do that day after day, it was really about having a mission. Um, and my mission has, it's expanded, but it hasn't really changed over the past 
15 years or so. I mean, when I started out in my music career, my goal was to have a positive impact on as many people as possible through my words and my talents. And that is still my goal. Um, I still do that through my music, but um, I also do it through other means as well. And that's my goal. And I also just have always had this belief in myself, knowing that I will be, I will be successful in that yeah. endeavor. So even when I was going through all sorts of nonsense, even if it's a, it's a Tuesday afternoon and I'm up in, I'm up in Newcastle and it's snowing and I'm selling my CDs <laughs> to strangers in the snow. And keep in mind, I have a degree from Oxford university. I'm a former management consultant, right? Like I, I left my job in 2011 to go and do this. Right. So I left a cushy, comfortable, pretty well-paying job to go and travel around the UK in this purple van with my name on it and stand out on the street and in malls, like talking to people. Um, but I knew that it would pay off in the end. I didn't know exactly what that would look like. I, I still, to this day, day, you know, I'm, I'm 35 years old now and, um, Lord willing, I have many, many, many more decades to achieve in this world and to reach and influence and inspire people. Um, and I'm just, I'm just on that grind. I'm just on that mission. And it's gone from, you know, dozens to hundreds to thousands to, you know, millions of people who I'm able to reach. And I just want to continue doing that. Um, I think that, I, I think that each individual massively underestimates their own potential. And I also think that there are a few things more noble and exciting and um, inspiring to do than to take the talents and the experiences that we each have and to offer that to the world and to offer it to, to be of service to other people. Cause when, when I think about what I do, that that's all I really do. Yeah. Um, I could keep, a lot of this to myself, right? I don't have to make music. You know, I could keep my music to myself. I could keep my thoughts to myself. I don't need to tweet them or talk about them on podcasts, right? I don't need, I could keep all that to myself, but it's like, actually that's, that's a disservice. And once I reframe that and I really worked this out a few years ago and I kind of flipped it on its head and I realized, you know what? It's not just a disservice and a waste. To me, it's like, it's actually unethical. Okay. Right? So if I have if I have something that can help other people. Yeah. Right? If if I have a, a a talent or an ability or some knowledge or something and I just keep it all to myself, then to me that's like hey, that's not a, that's not even neutral. Like that's bad. Like that's the wrong thing to do. Um and this is what led me to even write my book, Strong Advice, because I've been going to the gym for longer than I've been rapping. Yeah. I've been working out for a long time. I have a lot of knowledge. I've been through weight loss phases. I've been through muscle building phases. I've learned this. I've learned that. There are billions of people in this world who want to improve their physiques, who want to get stronger, who want to get fitter, who want to lose weight, whatever. I can't. I don't necessarily have the ability to, uh, you know, I don't have a magic bullet to, to reach and help everyone, but I, I, I can certainly help some people. Right. So why don't I create something that will help people reach those goals? There's people all day, every day, you know, I'm trying to, how do I lose fat? How do I gain muscle? How do I get, how do I do it? It's like, oh, you know, what? actually 
I, I know how to do that. So let me make something that helps you. And because of the way the world works, and uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of capitalism, you, know, you can put something out for free, but you can also monetize something. So it's like, cool, like I've got this knowledge here. Let me put a, I'll put an affordable price tag on it. And now people can, people can buy this thing. You can buy, you can buy this book or someone can buy a course or someone can do this. And there's this fair exchange that takes place and you are helping people. And also it makes you more successful and enables you to, to live. And that's really how everything works. When I started seeing things that way, um, I mean, even as an entrepreneur, when I stopped thinking of how to, how do I make more money? And I started thinking, how do I help and reach more people? Then I started waking, making way more money um, because I, my brain started thinking in a different way. And it was like, okay, I have this experience or I have this talent or I have this ability. Cool. Let me, let me make something with that. Let me make a, let me make a product out of that and I'll make that available to people. Cool. Okay. I, I have this ability or I've learned this thing. Cool. Like, let me help this. Let me, let me coach this person. Let me create this course. Let me write that book, whatever it is. And um, I think we all have the ability to do this because we all have different experiences and talents and abilities and skills. And there's no person on this earth who know who's a, you know, a master or even competent at, uh, I'd, I'd say even most things, right? Like, yeah. If, if if my if your if my car breaks down, like I don't know how to, I need to take it to a mechanic, right? If there's an electrical <laughs> yeah. issue, I need an electrician, right? I don't. There, yeah. there are very few people who know how to do. You know, there aren't many people who are doctors and surgeons and mechanics and electricians and plumbers and musicians. And it's like no, like you 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 know how to do. Most people are like really good at like a couple of things, and you offer that to other people. And that's actually how our whole economy works. I don't think most people think of it that way. But if you think every single person who has a job um, or a career, you are creating or part of a product or a service that helps other people to some extent. And then there's just that exchange that's constantly going on. So we're actually constantly trading every single day. We're trading all the time. Um, people say they don't like sales, but it's like you're always selling. Like we're all of us, yeah. we're always selling we're always trading we're always exchanging um not always for for hard cash but it, it's how we are it's how we're all operating and um if you want to even be successful i think the best way to think of it is like okay what do i have to offer like what is what am i good at that people want and need and how can i offer that and reach as many people as possible with it I think that confuses a lot of people, though, doesn't it? When people say, well, what am I good at? And and this is mm -hmm. one of the reasons I wanted to talk about when you were selling CDs. Because mm -hmm. people will always say, well, it's okay for him, because he's here. And it's just like, no, mm -hmm. no, you have to backtrack. Cause like you said, yes. you, had a, you had a belief in, in what you could do and what you could achieve. But mm -hmm. you didn't know the answers to that, other than it didn't lie in the management consult, uh, consultant, consultant role. Mm -hmm. it, so you then just, like you said up and down the country, towns, cities, everywhere, selling your CDs. And but, so people, which, which I find fascinating because, like I said, it's... But then you said something about it's unethical not to. And I think if people look at things like, well, actually, maybe I am, a, you know, you're a mechanic, you know, maybe you're a good carpenter, a chippy or whatever... It's unethical not to provide a service for people that are in need of that service. And yes. I think we, we worry too much as people 
about judging how that's received rather than focusing on who wants to receive it. And absolutely, I agree. And, and, and I think, you know, the truth is we're, we're very, people are more sensitive to, um, the negative to, to negative emotions and negative feedback than positive ones. And I think that makes sense as for our survival as, as a species, yeah. but, um, it's something you have to be able to overcome. And I think a, a huge difference between people who could be considered successful and those who aren't is the willingness to face the possibility of failure, face the possibility of criticism, face the possibility of some people not liking you or some people not appreciating what you're doing or whatever. Because if you refuse to, you know, people often use these sports analogies, right? Like if, if you, yeah. if you refuse to, the only way you're never going to miss a shot is by never taking one. Well, right? so. that, that's, that's the truth. If, if you, if you're, you never want to miss a shot, then just don't even take one. So the only, the person who scores the most goals or shoots the most baskets in basketball, or whatever, it's going to be the person who's most willing to risk missing, right? If you are a salesperson, the, the person who's often going to make the most sales is the person who also gets the most rejections. Right. And this yep. is something I literally learned when I was selling my <laughs> CDs. It's like, cool. I, I found typically to give you like some some actual numbers, depending on what city I was in, on what day of the week it was. Typically, I would need to talk to six to ten people to sell a CD. You could say seven. Right. So if I want to sell ten CDs, OK, I need to talk to 70, 80 people. Right. So I need to get so 70 people need to say no in order for me to get 10 yeses. And I would actually do that. When I was out and about on the street, I would go around and I would count I would count the rejections. Yeah. Right? Cuz each one is getting me closer to a sale. So, I sometimes if I'm towards the end of the day and I'm tired and I've already sold a good amount of CDs and made a decent amount of money and I kind of want to pack it in early, I'd be like, "All right, I'm going to get 50 more rejections." 50 so, more. I need to get 50 I need to get so 50 not more sales, rejections. rejections. No, 50 more rejections, because that means I need to do that many approaches. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to approach 50 more people. And lo and behold, sometimes I do 50 more. Wow, I end up selling 15 more CDs or I end up selling five more, sometimes 20 more, depending on the success rate. Um, and, and, and so that's the way to do it. I mean, you have to be willing to get rejected. You have to be willing to have people say no, even with what I do now. I mean... Look, I mean, I get I get criticism every day. I've been receiving criticism non criticism nonstop for the past three years. There's people criticizing me right now as we record this episode, and, and you have to accept. You know what? That's okay, right? Like that's okay. Some people are going to disagree with me. Some people are going to think I'm an idiot. Some people are going to think I'm mean. Some people are going to think I'm like a you know a bad person because they disagree with some of my socio political views or <laughs> my, my my thoughts on this. And it's like you know what? Um, a lot of my strength comes from the fact that I. I'm okay with that. I've just accepted it. I don't particularly, I don't particularly love it. You know, like I, I would like for um, my message to some in in some ideal world, I would like for my message to uh, be, well, because, be heard by everybody and understood. But you yeah, know, because Twitter is a strange place, though. Because if if the thing I find fascinating with well, this, I've actually made some notes about Twitter for you, because okay. I noticed <laughs> while reading a lot of your tweets. There's never any typos. 
It's like you must be very, the only person on Twitter that doesn't do typos. Very rare. You know, it's just like I can write something really grand, and then it's like you realise you spelt two of those. Words. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, uh, uh, I'm um, since since childhood, I've actually been, just been really good at like spelling and grammar yeah. and attention to detail. I, I actually give props to uh, the school I went to in Saudi Arabia for that um, because they really, really battered like spelling and grammar into. How you do? into our heads yeah they they, they really yeah. spent a lot of time on on spelling and grammar and i think i think far more than perhaps many other schools because i i noticed even um funnily enough when i went to the uk because I, I came to the uk at 11 for boarding school yeah. <laughs> and um i noticed that my my peers actually in the school in the uk and, and i went to a good school um they made way more spelling and grammar mistakes than I was used to. And it was also funny because I was like, wait, I'm in England. Like, England is where English comes from. So why are people, yeah. ma- <laughs> why it is people crazy. making all of these uh, mistakes, I know. you know? It, so, it, it is um, crazy. Um, I used to have a yeah. Russian girlfriend and her grammar was often better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, so. right, okay, how did that work? <laughs> but th- that was... But the, also, uh, I, th- I think also on top of that, my, my tweets have a gigantic reach. They reach millions of people every day. So... I'm I do I do double check them before I hit before I hit the button and sometimes there is a like sometimes there's a typo if if I catch it in the first like 2 minutes I'll normally delete and repost right. it, it rare it rarely happens but my tweets can go viral very quickly as in within 10 minutes they can be on their way to going viral so I do my best not to have a viral tweet with a with a major typo in it because it's like I said cuz Twitter is I'm not on Twitter much, really. I I, I will read a few tweets. Smart Um, smart man. Yeah, I I did used to get into it for a while. (laughs) And you and I have had conversations on Twitter a couple of years ago. Um, But I speak to you more on Instagram. But but it's because the thing that I find just difficult with Twitter, which I think you've handled really well, is the you can't convince anybody. It's just like, you know, it's like you can be on Twitter and you'll be like, it's raining where I am. And somebody will say, what, are you a meteorologist? You're like, yeah. no, no, I'm stood in the rain. What, what yeah. makes you qualified to say that? And you're just mm-hmm. like, do you, do you know what? I, 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 people often say that you can't convince people on Twitter. I, I strongly disagree with that statement. But the people you will you have the convince, it, it, won't be the, it won't be the person you're talking to. No. It's the, it's the audience. So a lot of times, okay, I'll give it a little secret because a lot of people often ask me, um, Zuby, why do you respond to some of these like low follower troll accounts or whatever that disagree with you? No, not even trolls, just like some people like, dude, like why are you, why are you even responding to this person with 47 followers? And I'm like, it's not for them. Yeah. It's not for the person with 40. It's, it's for everyone else to see my thinking process and my argument about. So, so if I've said something and someone takes an issue with it or whatever, and I'm responding to that. It's it's not necessarily for that person's sake. It's actually, hey, look, guys, I want you to see why why I think this way. Right? Let me explain a little more why you know I'm writing this. So that's something people often miss. So I've noticed for sure. I mean, I, I've had people in real life come up to me and be like, "Yo, dude, like you changed my mind on X, Y, Z from yeah. me following you." On Twitter, often on pretty big issues, by the way, like not even just like frivolous stuff. And so 
people are always watching. So if, if you post a tweet and a hundred people comment, it's probable that like that's a know, bad day for you though. If a hundred people comment, oh uh, no, I mean a hundred hundred comments. That's that I, I'll get that within ten minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you do if, though, if if that, yeah. So I, I get more than one interaction per second. I've, I've, I've worked out. Um, that's crazy. So yeah, it is, it is crazy, and it's it's too much volume and you can't respond to everybody or try to convince everybody, but it's just like, look, also I, I'm, I enjoy conversation. I enjoy debate. I enjoy the, the battle of ideas as people call it and so on. So I just like to put my thoughts out there. Also, um, I don't think I know everything, right? Like I, I, (laughs) there's a lot that I don't know. So I actually ask a lot of questions. A, A lot of my tweets are, genuinely questions and i want to see other people's thoughts on it um oftentimes my tweets are reminders to myself yeah so i'm not even necessarily saying that especially if i'm writing something about i don't know nutrition or physical fitness or mindset or whatever i i'm like this is a tweet to myself as much as it is to everyone else right i'm not here saying i'm perfect at this thing it's like i'm tweeting this to remind myself like okay like this is how you should think about this or this is the way that you should you know consider doing this or whatever it is and also it's um and this is important i think also it's it's words you know it's it's all words and so a very common question i also get is man like how do you deal with all the negativity how do you deal with the backlash how do you deal with when you got these mobs after you or whatever and i'm like dude like it's it's words you know sometimes it can be annoying Sometimes it can be frustrating, whatever. But also, it's like, look, you know, my my, my uh, as long as my, my as long as I'm not uh, having my physical safety threatened or yeah. something or um, you know anything like that. It's like, look, it's it's words. You know, I'm entitled to my opinion. They're entitled to theirs. We can we can have our back and forth. But also, this is how you resolve conflict. Um, there's only three ways to resolve conflict, right? There's there's words. There's separation segregation divorce um and there's physical violence that's all there is those are the only three options so i'm a big fan of words because to me words actually it's like a it's like a pressure valve like it it, it's i'd rather people even if people are shouting at each other i'd rather they're shouting at each other than they're throwing bricks and punching and stabbing each other um and so it's like it's like look ultimately it's words If, if you if, if it's getting too much, you can always log off. Like you're not forced to it, look, sit one there of the, and stay there. One of the best advice I was ever given when I was a young guy was: if you have a problem with somebody, go and talk to them about it. Yeah, because yeah. nine times out of ten, they they're not even aware that they had that you reacted to something they did that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And even if they d- they were aware of it, you have an opportunity to correct them for it. Yes. But what it doesn't do is fester in you like a poison. No, that, that's really important. It's really important. And um, I think, you know, as, as a child, that's something it took a while for me to learn because I have a natural tendency. Um, my, my sort of default mode is to bottle things up. Yeah. Right. As, I'm, as I'm kid, somebody that, that dwells on things. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that, that was, that's kind of my default thing. So as I've grown older, I've had to kind of, because I'm conscious, conscious that that's my natural tendency I've had to learn and make a constant effort to, okay, you know, if I do have an issue, I do need to uh, put, 
put that out there or let that person know or or whatever it is um and you know i'm i'm a work in progress like <laughs> i'm a work in progress like like everyone else man um i it's 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 funny because uh i think i mean i see all sorts of criticisms about myself but one criticism <laughs> i see <laughs> what, the, the, the one, one that the, the funniest one that always makes me laugh and i'm sorry i didn't really cut you off is okay. as soon as you said that i remember somebody accusing you of being a white american and that just and people you were like do you even look at my profile picture people <laughs> people, people say people say crazy stuff but you know one one thing is that um you know people say like oh you know he you know he thinks he knows everything right yeah. or he's and i'm like no i'm like i think perhaps because i speak quite authoritative authoritatively yeah. and confidently so some people might view it as i deem it my way or the highway and it's like no like i will put forth my my opinion or my thought in a confident manner um but that doesn't mean i think it's just my way or the highway and closed thread conversation closed it's like no like i've never disabled responses on any of my posts or any of my like no it's like you're welcome to you're welcome to retort right i don't yeah. block people easily um, I, if someone's trolling or being like unnecessarily unnecessarily malicious, then they can get they can catch a block. But you know, it's like, look, like we can we can talk, we can have this forum, we can discuss all these issues, and um, I'm happy that I've been able to create that because actually, I don't think there are that many spaces online or offline where people can do that. But I think my uh, my my comment section has almost morphed into some type of forum where people can where people know they can kind of just you know talk and discuss and debate and go back and forth and they're not gonna you know people are for the most part but it has be it has become important it? because people um can kind of read what you're saying and say mm. oh thank god the whole world hasn't gone crazy yes yes and, and like I, and i think so much of what i say I, I honestly don't think um, it's funny. It's funny because we were talking about uh, how how all my stuff started. So even with my music, you know, um, in many ways, I should be like one of the least controversial people on earth. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have views that are radical or extreme or crazy or whatever or like you know that are flipful. It's just like yo. Um, a lot of stuff is going crazy and a lot of people have been feeling this way for many years especially in the in the western world um i am and and when when lots of people are going crazy and things are going crazy if you're not you are made to feel like you're the crazy person yeah um and I, I, I started feeling this, like I said, myself, like, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018. Like, I was like, man, stuff is getting, stuff is kind of getting weird. And not a lot of people are, um, because there's this chill, chilling effect. It can seem like everyone is going crazy, yeah. whereas actually it could just be a very small vocal minority. But if everyone else is kind of feeling silenced, then there's this, you combine that with the power of the internet and amplification it can seem like you're very much alone and that everyone's unreasonable and you can't speak and whatever. And so I like to just kind of create and maintain this space of conversation and dissent and, um, you know, sanity 
and yeah. for people not to have to go with the mob or go with the herd on everything it doesn't matter if it's the you know uh, the covid response situation or some like political issue or some socio-cultural stuff it's just like look like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna either ask a question or i'm gonna put my my stake in the ground here this is what i think right um this is what i believe and then okay you're welcome to agree with me you're welcome to challenge it you're welcome to whatever you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna insult you or yeah. disrespect you or attack you or whatever if you have a a, di- a different viewpoint than me um but yeah it's 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 fun it's fun and ha- where this all where this all goes Who i don't knows? necessarily i don't necessarily know but i i think it's a beautiful dynamic and i'm very happy and proud of what i've been able to create especially seeing um especially seeing it the the real world effect as well because it's one thing seeing numbers going up online and saying oh I, you know i got this many followers or views or listens or whatever it is but it's another thing where you're you know in d- traveling to different cities all around the world and people know who you even know who you are and appreciate what you do and um you're able to meet people you know when i do meetups in different cities or things like that and it's um you really see the impact that you're able to have a lot of people say oh you know twitter is a waste of time instagram's a waste of time all these things are a waste of time and i was like no like these are very powerful very very powerful platforms that you can use to yes they can be annoying <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course but um the people you're able to reach through them and connect with and the way that you can parlay that into real world interactions and connections. We live in, um, as frustrating as it can be, we also live in a very beautiful time period with so much opportunity. And I think it's important for people to maintain that sense of perspective and gratitude. I, I think it's something that people massively miss is we actually live in the best time that's ever existed. Mm hmm in terms of health opportunities and everything like that. And I'm very conscious of time. And there's something I've got, there's two questions I've got to ask you, but one of them is I've got to talk to you about the gun range at Texas that you were at a few weeks ago. (laughs) Was that an actual working minigun on that car? Yes. Yes. A proper, because I've seen that on Instagram and I was just, (laughs) what the, what the hell have I, do you know Yeah. It's just because it was a t- was it a Tesla? It's a, yeah, it was a Tesla with a minigun attached to it, which you can fire from the center control panel. That's just that that is just a dream. Legal like, too, legal. That that, that that but that's just perfect, isn't it? Like that's just, <laughs> Texas in a nutshell. Welcome, welcome to Texas. Yeah, exactly. As long as you've got so, a gun um, license, you can drive down the road in your Tesla, environmentally friendly, with a minigun sticking out of the front. It, oh, in, in, te- in Texas, you don't need a gun license. You just buy one. I did not. Um, to have a minigun, though, you need a yeah. A minigun's going to need some some particular license and a charging know. point for your Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah, that that was uh, that was interesting. I've never. Uh, uh, it was quite a one of a kind vehicle. So uh, I I can't say I've seen a lot of interesting things, but I've never seen that before. But um, well, like I said, yeah, that I sort of snapped my head back with attention. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's. I think it's also especially funny for people like from the UK or Europe or something where the attitude towards towards guns is very different, and then um, you're just seeing these like sort of, you know, my friend there also had like an ant. He had he had like an anti tank gun, which has like a two, which has a two mile range. <laughs> you can take out a tank with it. And it's like, <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was just like checking with him. I'm like, I'm like, this is legal, right? Like, this is all. He's like, yeah, this is all legal. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy because I, um, I've forgotten how to pronounce his surname. Probably is a bodybuilder. I think you interact with him on Twitter sometimes. Mark Lobiner, Lobiner, Lobliner, Lobliner. I've had him on the podcast before. Okay, and we got talking about guns and I was just mm. like, I'm a contradiction in that sense because I would never vote in a referendum to legalize guns in this country. <laughs> but if they did, I would be yeah. in the queue to buy a gun. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, that, I know that, what that, I'm like. I'm being honest. I know what yeah. I'm like. It's just like, no, we can't have guns in this country. Nobody needs to carry a gun. Yeah. By the way, we've passed the law. You can all have a gun. Okay. I'm going to go and get one. Mm. And I'll be, what can yeah, I have? Yeah, you know, I, I get I get asked about that question quite a bit because, you know, I think it's interesting because I, I went I was in the American school system for like half the time and then in the British one for half the time. And fr- from very young, I've spent a lot of time between these different cultures. Um, and so I totally understand with something like the Second Amendment, like I totally understand yeah. both perspectives. I'm not someone who thinks like either one is... Like most British people think the American attitude towards guns is crazy and like lots of Americans think vice versa. But I'm like, to me, they both make sense. And funnily enough, even from a legal perspective, I also would not necessarily advocate for um, private gun ownership in the UK in the way that exists in the US because the history and the culture is so different and where we currently are is so different that I don't know. I, I just don't really think it would work in the same way that, you know, it's look here. Let, let, let's, let's give another example. Okay. Um, alcohol causes a lot of problems and a lot of deaths in the UK and many other countries. Banning alcohol in the UK. No, no, it's not going to do anything. Right? It, it's, yeah, so I grew up in a country where alcohol was illegal. Okay, I grew up in Saudi Arabia. And keeping it illegal there works and makes sense because of the cultural context, the religious context, the history, whatever, right? I would never go to Saudi and be, advocate for the legalization of, of alcohol, right? Like, yeah. no, because it's a very different cultural context. So I think with like guns between the, the USA and say the UK, um, that's that's part of it as well it's like well in the culture and also there's there's already 400 million plus guns in in the country right so, and they're not giving so, them up so even, no <laughs> right the whole reason they have them is so that you know it's, it's primarily actually to defend against a potentially tyrannical government which in the past couple of years we've seen is not a you know people have thought that that was uh, not possible but i think one reason the usa did not get encroached on as hard as some other places did like australia and canada and new zealand I, is the second amendment so i still to this day and it's a whole massive topic that we don't have time for right now but mm. i cannot be- understand how we got where we are how people who just okay the government who mm. i've never trusted in my life and mm. the media i've never trusted they're all telling the truth and i'm going to do exactly as i'm told and you're just like fear the power of fear is um it's the most powerful emotion it is it's the most it, powerful it emotion especially when it comes to controlling people and you know this has been known all throughout it's been known all throughout history you know but when you if you can scare people whether the fear is real imaginary or um exaggerated or fabricated it's um it's a powerful control mechanism 
the, the thing, and I, like I said, I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm very conscious of time, sure. is because even when they kicked Trump while he was still president off Twitter, mm-hmm. nobody batted an eyelid. No, it's fine. It's like, did you realize what that means a social media company have done, what the media have done? A serving president, whether you like him, agree with him, you know, I'm, I'm British, I wouldn't know, I don't, have, I don't care what you do with your own president, but do you know mm-hmm. what, do you not understand what the implication of that actually means when you mm-hmm. can silence the person, the elected official in charge of your country? Mm-hmm. Well, I think a big problem, David, is that a huge number of people do not practice second and third order thinking. Right. They don't think of they don't think beyond the here and now. They just think, okay, there's this thing, there's this threat or there's this thing I don't like or whatever. And they want to immediately um, quash it or take some action that seems like it's protecting them. And they're not thinking about the principle of the underlying principle. Right. So a lot of people take 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 the Trump suspension. Right. A lot of people don't like Trump. He upsets them. They find him outrageous and uh, offensive. And so getting rid of him is good. Right. That That's literally their thinking process. They don't think, OK, wait, hang on. What are the implications of these platforms having the power and the ability to deplatform not just not just a random person, but the sitting presidents yeah. of the most powerful country in the world, arguably the most powerful man in the entire world. Forget whether or not I like him or I voted for him or forget the emotional part. What are the implications of that? Same with all of these, all of these COVID policies. Like what are the implications? What precedent is the setting? You've now set the precedent in all of these countries that the government can (laughs) force you to cover your face. They can force you to inject a substance into your body even if you don't want or need it, they can force you to stay at home and make it illegal, arrest you if you go outside, ban you from seeing your family. Like, so, and some people are like, oh, well, you know, there's, there's a threat, there's a virus, you know, there's a, it's a deadly pandemic, so, you know, we've got to do all this. It's like, wait, no, hang on, slow down. If you can do it for this, if they can do it for this, they can do it for anything. They can manufacture a crisis. They can, they can you, you've given them the space to, to, to do this now. You've given them these tools and told them essentially it's okay. Many of you even advocated for it. And now, you know, they can do this again in the future. They can do this again. You've already given them permission now. So, Well, I don't think we've um, repelled the COVID uh, policy, have we? The, no. Uh, and, the, and, and multiple, was it the Emergency COVID Act? The COVID Act. Yeah, I mean, it's this, and it's not just the UK. It's the same in Australia. It's the same in New Zealand. It's the same in Canada. It's the same in... Because uh, they, they keep extending the powers, right? These yeah. emergency powers. I've, as I've told people before, uh, an emergency doesn't last for two years. By definition, if it lasts for two years, it's not an emergency. A war can last for two years, but not an emergency, right? Mm-hmm. By definition, an emergency is it's short, it's brief, it's, it's immediate. Okay, right now, oh my gosh, like there's an air raid emergency. We need to very quickly, yeah. oh, there's a tornado coming. That's an emergency. Tornado doesn't come and hang around for two years, right? You can't, two, you can't have a two-year two year tornado emergency. Um, and But when you give these people that kind of power, then unfortunately a significant number of them will abuse it and also will not want to relinquish it. They won't want to let it go. And so I think that's a huge problem is people not sort of seeing further than the end of their nose and not saying, okay, well, 
if we do this, what precedent are we setting and what else could it potentially lead to, right? If we, if we lock down the economy and we stop people from working and we stop kids from going to school, we say, what, what are the consequences of that, right? What, 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 what's going to happen to physical health and mental health? What about all the other diseases and threats out there? What, what are the implications there? What's it going to do to the economy? Is that going to cause inflation? What about this? What about that? And okay. And what are the impacts? If there is inflation, right? Don't stop there. What does, what cause? What are the downstream impacts of inflation? What impact does that have on the poorest and most vulnerable people in society? What does it mean for future generations and for children? What does it mean for the housing market? What does it mean for food? Are we going to have shortages? And all of that, oh, could that end up hurting, let alone killing even more people than the thing we were initially trying to avoid? Yeah. All of this, you know, but these these conversations don't, they didn't happen. They didn't happen. It was just like, boom, okay, emotional response, first, first, um, you know, first order thinking, there's a threat, let's do this. And people didn't think further down the line. Now, many people are beginning to, and many people are being forced to because they're feeling the squeeze. Um, but it's just unfortunate that people had to go through all that in order to, for some to be able to see the light. That's true. Lastly, I ask this as a random question to most people now. If you could be any time in pl any place in time, mm. what are you driving, what are you listening to, and where are you? Oh boy. Okay, um, I am in. Oh man, I don't even know time period. I am in. Uh, I, I'd want to go back to like the biblical time period. I want to. I want to listen to Jesus <laughs> and I see like him, that. and I want to be there. I want to be in. Uh, I don't know. I want to be in. One be in Israel in the in the time of Jesus, or you know, maybe even in Egypt or something. I don't know. Like I'd like to go back to the to the to the biblical uh, biblical time period and see that with my see that with my own eyes. So I guess I'd be driving um, perhaps a donkey or a camel, um, and I'd be listening to Jesus teaching, and I would be um, yeah, I'd be in Israel. I'd be in the Middle East. So that that's what comes to my mind first. I can think of a lot of interesting historical places, but let's go yeah. for that one. Uh, that's, I, I really like that. That's beautiful. Zuby, thank you very much for your time. I know you're busy and I do appreciate it. Most welcome, David. Cheers.